0: Greetings traders, happy Tuesday. Samantha Leduc, founder of leducetrading.com and CIO of Leduc Capital LLC. I'm very happy that you joined me today. We've got Macro to Micro Power Hour and interviewing Jonathan Gibbons of IO, where I also have my risk indicators launching. And right now in a pretty intense beta test, very excited that they're gonna be launched and made available globally on the App Store very soon for Apple. Um, On this typical Tuesday every week, Jonathan joins me and we do an in-depth kind of macro to micro look at the markets. And today the focus is on bonds, all thing bonds. So let's promote Mr. Gibbons in his, there we go, in his home office, I think, down in Florida, although it looks like at the top of the world. I love this look.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is owed to elon and uh spacex right
0: absolutely in celebration of um basically euphoric markets too right we've got Mm -hmm. some continued craziness in um grinding higher markets into that 4000 spx level as vix looks like it wants to make a gap fill down to that 1821 which was the pre-covid launch pad for vix i am like psychologically excited for that level because i want to see it uh basically bounce i i'm I'm assuming that this psychological level for uh and also the gap fill in vix will provide a little bit of support for traction basically create a little bit uh two-way market again we haven't had one for a little while
1: yeah there's been no uh there's one one-sided transactions
0: And bonds also one-sided on the down low. So this is kind of timely. We've got FOMC um, minutes tomorrow. Powell speaks at 2.30. We've got Bank of England on Thursday. We've got Bank of Japan on Friday. Basically, what, 10 banks? No, I don't know how many. Central banks in the next week will be uh, rendering decisions on interest rates. And we did have um, Australia two weeks ago do a little yield curve control while Japan lightened up a little bit. They said they were gonna let it kind of swagger a bit. Um, but I, I'm interested in your thoughts about, you know, what the what the Fed might or might not do tomorrow. I have mine, but how about you share yours first?
1: I don't know. My expectation at this point is to, um, that they'll do nothing new, right? Um, yep, I'm they, agree they, they will surprise with nothing. They've done nothing. Uh, but be accommodative and uh, talk to that uh, stance for quite some time. And there's no real reason for them to change that right now. I mean, I know bonds have had a pretty bludgeoning uh, period here. The long bonds have, but, um, and rates have been rising, but I don't think that they're concerned at all. And um, I think that we had been looking at, uh, I had mentioned, what was it the last probably three or four weeks when I said, you know, from March, from, really from the end of opex from february through march would be this period where we get some definitive kind of action would be up or down um we saw equities continue to move higher and there's no flows um uh bifurcation at all these are all you know steady with the dow and steady with the rotation trade that you've been talking about they're all supportive on the on our infrastructure where we're reading the, the actual money flow volume flow stuff like that and so the bond, I, I don't, I don't expect anything from them tomorrow. So you know, going forward, and then you've got the the stimulus hitting the, the tape this past weekend. Um, that we we're talking about the fiscal stimulus, where it's hitting people's bank accounts. Um, you know, people are getting out and about. I I just think they're in a wait and see mode um, mm-hmm. to see what they think they're going to need to do, um, in the in the late spring, uh, early part of the summer. I think that that is where my expectations are that you'll see them have to react to something which I think really leans towards inflation at this point um and then being a little trapped so I, I don't expect anything tomorrow from from them um Powell has done absolutely nothing um and, and I know I don't know that the reaction that we will get will be um kind of an announced reaction versus uh, they're going to have to react I suspect that 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 they have to react from from some of these unintended consequences that we've been talking about so I I uh you know volatility. I got you know the term structure right now is just perfectly you know bottom left, top right, and um, you know across the board, and you're seeing no no uh, no reverberation. So it's continued rotation market. Yeah, you know, I'm interested to see if uh, Nasdaq um, makes it back up there again, right? Like that. I mean, you could really see a tear. I know that, you know arc arc uh, the arc complex and those types of trades are not. You know, I don't know that those look like they can get back to to new highs. But the cues look pretty strong um, earlier today, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll see. So I, I, I wonder, um, you know, they're in a position where they maybe see a, a sit and wait. Like I think, I think that they want to see what they got to do um, as inflation starts to to roar. And they keep saying there is no inflation and stuff like that. We all know there's inflation. Um, it's just what are you? What is that reaction going to be? So that's my two cents at the moment. I don't expect a whole lot um, from them tomorrow. I'd say you know more of the same and um you know with volatility being their number one in- enemy which is totally their number one enemy um if they give all the volatilities in the marketplace then that causes displacements the displacements cause them to react with liquidity and when they funnel it with liquidity then it you know they're trying to curb the volatility concerns so with no volatility you know they see- feel they feel pretty strong typically when there's limited volatility and volatility being beat down you know you could see something reflexive in volatility where it's just a reaction but it needs to base build uh, see some sort of behavioral change. Um, we're not seeing that in the options tape either. Um, it's, the, it's a rotation to you know, uh, you know. You saw some of the Momo stuff up twenty five percent to fifteen percent, ten percent yesterday. Bounces though. Um, Strong yeah. bounces. Yeah, yeah. These are these are these are these are rotation, right? But they're 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 trading environment. So I I think that that's my in a nutshell. That's where my stance is right now. It's like we're we're here at the end of the. The March period for options expiration. I think that now we're into, you know, the he, the Biden's first hundred days. He did the stuff. Mm-hmm. We got the we got the um, the fourteen hundred dollar checks. Then we're getting the the infrastructure stuff coming in. Now we see what the inflation, you know, what what is this really gonna gonna entail? And I mean, I, I think it's really interesting. And I think you got to consider as a trader or an investor that at any point in the time in the last twelve months that it was not sensible or rational it's like uh, from a reversion standpoint so this should be you know it should revert or this should mean react to, to something like this right and so far it's just readjusted right and readjusted and readjusted and i and they you know hey this thing's getting warm they should take the foot off the gas and we throw fiscal with monetary right so mm-hmm. it would seem like the expectation that you probably should take is that unless something forces them to do something different Then the you know theoretically you can expect more of the same if not them to continue to do it. And I was talking to somebody this weekend, um, just kind of you know, and and it was really it's like my buddy that runs a shorts desk, and um, you know, and I'd said this about a month two maybe ago, and um, yeah, it's like how how are the short you know how the big short traders feeling right now? He's like no, they're still not taking shorts. Yep. Um, Even though, you know, you did see some of the arc reprieve and some of those trade, those momentum trades get hit a little bit, you know, big, big whale traders still still very nervous to take any shorts. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, until you see some sort of behavioral change um, in the market structure and a positional change in the market structure, you can you this. This can continue to be your, you know, very, very, uh, very well done call for rotation. Right. You know, if there's no volatility then it just rotates from 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 sector to sector. If there is volatility, then everything gets hit. And mm-hmm. Fed reacts, we don't have any volatility right now. So I expect them to do nothing.
0: Okay, well, I have this term I've used um, the past few interviews, which I think has been really the past two and a half weeks. Um, I call it maybe more the fragility of chop. So we had a great deal of this uh, chop into tech sell-off as the bond proxy, as as bonds really um, fell hard and surprisingly with absolutely no bounce. And then we also had the grind higher in the indices while tech is trying to recover, but not impressively so. It was definitely the rotation into energy, oil and gas, oil as an inflation hedge. So this fragility of CHOP, I still see um, in play, especially now with liquidity kind of soft going into FOMC tomorrow, this is a big deal. They're waiting to hear if there's anything regarding, um, you know, dovish hawkish interpretations. But the, besides my, my thesis of fragility of CHOP, and that's across everything, even energy right now, because after seven weeks of running hot, we have, we have three days of, you know, a pullback um, in oil, so it's kind of retesting the resolve of the bulls, and I think that's okay. I mean, we got mm-hmm. as high as 68 in crude, and we can go all the way down to 60 and still be bullish as a potential mm-hmm. trend reversal higher. So, you know, as as far as digesting this month because we had such outsized gains. So, for me, di- uh, indices are digesting. This is what I you know wrote to clients. Um, neither buyers nor sellers are stepping up in front of FOMC. Lots of continued moves in value plays, especially the reopening themes. And you know, I've been on that, airlines, cruise lines, travel sites, select retail department stores, strongly moving higher. And then even despite the print this morning in retail soft, um, it's still been a phenomenal play. And I think they're gonna surprise for Q1 results as well. So I still think it has durability, the energy, oil and gas plays. Yes, they did phenomenally well, and now they're coming back in. But this is because it has been a trend for months and then it gets exceedingly hot and then it needs to cool. That doesn't mean it's gonna reverse. Um, There's a period of chop and that's normal. So I think right now crude oil has been consolidating basically after bottoming on November 2nd, which was that Georgia blue wave. Um, I'm talking about crude oil right now is consolidating after a outsized run. But the rate of change in the, um, the, the yields not obviously the shorter duration ones, but the five year hot fire flames, unprecedented rate of change, the the 10 year, the 20 year, this is not something, and that's like six consecutive weeks. We might be calming down again into all these central bank announcements this week, but long story short, when I look at the rate of change and the, the unprecedented strength in this move, this tells me folks aren't really prepared for how strong this is. And the fact that the Fed had the opp- the um the Fed heads had the power to talk it down several occasions before their blackout period, from Bernard to Bullard to Powell, and they didn't. But then I did something. I saw something today, and it kind of got my interest peaked. Um, you and I have talked about how the the dollar has been bottoming for about fourteen weeks. It's now moving a little bit higher. Uh, we are expecting that, right? I have a ninety-five dollar mm-hmm. price target on the dollar, even if crude takes off into outer space. Great backdrop, by the way. So mm. I'm still bullish the dollar. I'm still, for right now, until proven you know, um, guilty, I, I, I still see higher um, oil and commodities. We can see the rotation into platinum, palladium, uranium today, yesterday, taking the place of oil. I don't know if you've seen these moves, but they have been stunningly strong in other commodities while energy catches its breath. So I'm I'm still in the inflation you know camp that expectations are going to drive higher CPI gas is going to continue higher faster than oil we're going to have commodities and, and you know uh, things over paper be a theme for 2021 I'm not done with that yet <laughs> so you know going into tomorrow um, the the data point that I saw today was. Getting me uh, a few data points that got me, uh, you know, in preparation for this interview, got me kind of interested. First, I noticed, um, you know, we are—I already have a theme about inflation for a while, right? But the the dollar yen and in that pair trade, that um, carry trade, but in particular, how weak the yen has been. And let me just show you. I think it's probably easier to explain. Let me just first of all share a screen real quick. Okay. I think it matters i'm going to get to a point okay so take a look this is a tlt just you know for retail purposes i can make it really clear but see this january 27th let me know if you can see my yep okay yeah, I can right see it. here okay january 27th and then you can see what happened with bonds right we had a little bounce here but here we are this happens to be monthly support of 136. but from peak to trough which happens to be you know august to where we are it's it's a, a solid 20 uh pull down right in bonds so the bubble some froth is coming out we've talked about that now notice this particular date and i'm i'm also then looking at the u.s um oops, sorry ah i can get it my hair is not in my way i'm looking at the the yen as it has also fallen with bonds right and this has turned that the, the dollar yen carry trade has absolutely popped on the same date January 27th and continued higher this is the date that FOMC statement came out where they changed their language and allowed for hotter inflation that was it and this has been moving higher and bonds have been moving lower obviously as yields have risen from that statement back on January 27th they changed the language right they said we're going to let it, we're going to let it run a little hotter okay so they changed the statement. We have this move. Now we have FOMC again with a statement coming out tomorrow. And uh, Powell presents half an hour later. Are they going to really, have they accomplished their goals here? Uh, yields just fired higher. And I don't want to show these messy charts because it's going to be confusing. But the point is, will they have in just this short amount of time have already accomplished their goals? And they're done? Like now they need to whack a mole? I don't think so. I think they're going to let this stay um, range bound and, and and solid, if you will. It was offset by uh, a, um, a devalued yen. And now we have a firmer dollar that seems to want to also move higher. There's all kinds of stuff going on over in China as well. But the point is, it looks like the dollar is going to be doing some of their work for them. In other words, it's de facto, you know, tightening when it rises and yields are firm and the market hasn't fallen apart. So the market hasn't fallen apart. The dollar is firm and rising. Yields have stayed pretty sticky. Bonds, you know, there's a rotation that happens end of quarter, it's coming in. And I really think that this might also be a time where we have that volatility, the gap fill at 1821 we have bonds having dropped precipitously, and now it looks like yen is ready to bounce. I think we're going to have some equity pullback. Bonds go higher. Volatility comes and we kind of get that two-way market after this week. And it, it was all from a data point of reading in Mark Chandler's newsletter this morning, where he talked about um, Japan and China had come in back in January and bought large amount of U.S. treasuries for the first time in five months. They had not done anything. And then all of a sudden in January, they came in and started buying largely. And that particular move, I think in the yen was currency hedging. Mm-hmm. Is that my like, so no, they, I think it's pretty fair. they added 48 billion in January, the most in six months. And that particular moment when they, w- that I showed where the yen started obviously running down the hill with bonds I think was a currency hedge. I think that the, they came back in, they bought treasuries. Um, they were hedging with currency and now it's stabilized. I think now we can start to re- unwind that. So I'm, I'm looking at a potential for the dollar yen coming back down. Market pulls, pulls a little bit of volatility mm-hmm. up and the market down um, and bonds catch a bid into end of month. That's my thesis. We'll see if it proves, um, you know, if, if it, if it, if, it, if it comes to be, um, but that doesn't negate the, the reflation trades. I think they just take a pause, right? Because it's going to have um, a digestion period now and small caps are looking like they need to digest. They're too hot. They need to come down a little bit and reset. It's
1: interesting because like, um, you know, I've been pretty busy. So I set my, um, this is a sh- total shameless uh, self-promotion here. I set my Leduc trading indicators up for my push notifications because i'm pretty busy so like i i get the xlf one right like the other yep, day yep. Um, and it was the portfolio hedger and i'm starting to see the underlying volatility coming in, in banks and um i have not seen banks you know weak in any any period of time for quite some time and um you know it was starting to you know see a little bit of change in the surface and then you see some of the dow components start to change and i had told everybody like you know i don't know two weeks ago it was like 31 600 was my level and then 32,000 was a level. If it went through those digits, you keep going. So the Dow has been just kind of rotating inside of itself, right? You know, with those components where it's rising and that reflation trade and rotation trade. And um, I saw that for the first time start to show some weakness this past week. And that actually triggered me to, to, to look at it. And I and I was thinking about the dollar as you're talking about the dollar and you're talking about bonds. It's like, you know, it's almost like this is a somewhat mechanical action to an extent because if I let the dollar kind of you know, rise a little bit, emerging markets were gaining some advantage globally, you know, as they'd had been on a tear, right? Like for for quite some time, the dollar goes up, those go down. I mean, it's really straightforward. Most of those markets are direct inverse correlation to the dollar. Dollar goes down, EMs go up. Um, We need to readjust that to an extent. So we let the dollar rise a little bit um, through currency uh, interaction, intervention, whatever you want to call it, kind of what you're alluding to. And then, you know, you've got the the bond situation. So as long as they don't have volatility, these things are easier to do. Um, and so you know, you let you, they they take their foot off the gas here a little bit, then volatility come back immediately, right? Because you know that's just a natural production now. The only the only caveat caveat I would say to that thesis is you have Opex this week, mm-hmm. um, and so typically in Opex weeks, you know, we get your pinning action um, based on market makers. So you know, maybe it's a uh, you know, you start to see stuff shake a little bit. Yeah, she's agreeing with me there. Keeps trying to throw in two cents.
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah, so so <laughs> so um, you know, I, I think you gotta go. You gotta consider, especially right now, as dominant as the the market action is driven by the options. That you would still see some some action for for opex drive a little bit until next week. So got the you got the meeting, you got their announcement, you get some some pending for the end of the week, and then you can see where it goes through the rest of the month. I do think once we get through this OPEX, it, and we have had the stimulus hit, and we do know what the the infrastructure looks like, we're you know we're starting to get into where the the April and May timeframe and June, where you know we do have you know unintended consequences that we just don't quite understand fully yet, right? And you know things are comfortable right now because we have you know limited volatility, but you are seeing. I'm very curious to see if the tech trade can make another high. If the tech trade can make another high, this can continue. If the tech trade cannot make another high, just from a market structure standpoint, which it you know right now it looks like the arc stuff can be very difficult to do, right? Oh. Hughes not so much, right? Hughes not so much. I don't know. I mean, they they got it. I give them 50 50. So like you know, it can it can get it can get a little higher. But I am in that time frame, and I'm very comfortable saying this that like you know we we're not on indefinite time with all this stuff. They've done some really, really staggering things. And I think they've gotten away with it because of the deflation that comes along with technology. And we've been dealing with that um, for quite some time. And then we also have been dealing with, uh, you know, kind of a, a massive deflation with so many people um, at home. That this stuff can change uh, and will change as everybody goes back to somewhat of a normalization to an extent, and people are a hundred percent doing that right now, right? Vaccinations are pushing through and so forth. So we're in that period where, okay, what have we done, and how does it shake out? Which then that's that's April, May, June, and um, you know it's when you're, you know, we've got NFTs like is you know. <laughs> on an NFT, on an NFT, of an NFT's NFT, right? Like the the non fungible token. So we've got some speculative things going on now that are just going to be laughed at years from now. Um, And so, and there's speculative, and I've seen things in Florida, speculative in real estate. I haven't seen it since 2005, Mm -hmm. 2006. And um, people bidding up properties that are literally um, should be condemned and things like, I mean, just crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. That the is, uh, you know, the, the Fed is reactionary. They're not proactive. So no one will, will you know, they're never proactive. They're not going to come out and do anything. I think it's the April, May, June timeframe. I'm comfortable saying that at this point, that I think we're, we're at some point in time where the consequences of these decisions then start to manifest into whatever it would shake, shake out. So,
0: Well, Okay, so you're thinking that this is
1: um, if this context. pullback, yeah, if this pullback, to speak specifically to your statement, if this is a pullback, I think it's a pullback that's purchased unless something really changes in the vol structure. Okay. So if the vol bounces, it would be a bounce that's going to be bought, right? As we get into April and we get into May, that reaction on a on a vol bounce, um, that is that going to make a new load? Is that shake? Which is there any type of uh, options repositioning? that takes place in the market structure. Do we see anything like that? And, 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 that reflects itself in the volatility, um, in April, right? Late, late March could be the beginning of that. And you get into April. I just think that, you know, the psychologically, the, the levels don't, they don't, they're just, they don't make any difference with the uh, ETFs, um, with the one time frame purchasing of passive ETFs, the money will keep pouring in, um, you know, uh, business activity picks up, people come back in. So, I, you know, I think running hot and the it's reaction it. to running hot is, is a thing that we have to figure out because you've got $5. You, if you're right, which you've been right so far, right? You get $5 gas, right? Like, no, absolutely.
0: Be and consequential.
1: And, that- and that's like, that's the seventies, right? Like that's a that's like where we got a whole nother ball of wax that then has to be fixed and they don't have any way to fix it. It's inflation. That's why they have to let it run. They can't, they can't actually taper
0: well, the interesting thing that I was, I was trying to pull up while you were talking was the, um, the tsunami of selling that is expected in the next few weeks. So S- SLR, we haven't even kind of talked about is a concern that many are putting out there. Um, I've been really told risk manager kind of situation at a bank that it's not a concern. Big banks are fine, smaller ones, not so much, but the SLR is not really going to be um, a risk event But um, just plain old selling, that rebalancing that happens with uh, pension funds, um, large number, let's see, 60-40 rebalance quarterly will also be a massive number given the increase in assets under management, The rebalancing back to bonds, which now looks like 61-39%. Systematic deleveraging. My cat is really a cameo here. She's stealing the scene. And it's not even five, but it's...
1: it is daylight savings.
0: It is in her book. It's on you. Yep. Oh my god, that's right. Because we do this at four o'clock ET, and in her little brain, this is actually five. She is overdue for feeding. Yeah. Uh huh. She's worried yep. she's gonna miss a meal. Okay. Yep. So, um. Anyway, <laughs> Goldman, the whole thing. I'm looking at this. This is from the market ear, by the way, talking up some very big numbers: 100 billion, 180 billion for sale. Um, momentum has also changed. There's an article in an article, a tweet storm that I put in chat, which was a fa- you would love this. You have to read it. It's on ARC and the illiquidity of the, um, and the systemic risk of ARC as, as a passive investment, you know, vehicle that is full of convexity. So if you take a look at that, I think you are already um, well ahead of th- this argument because you've been talking about this for months. That it's going to fall on the weight of its own supply.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so- and the, and, the, and the options market sitting on top of that, where she posts every trade, you know, people are going to sit on those trades. She going to, have to change the way she does it. So this is reflexive right now, but that's still a trade that's major trouble. And the flows on that trade look like look like um, you know. Bomb bag. So there's nothing coming back into it on the underside as oh, far as taxes, volume and money flow is concerned.
0: And and, and if taxes are pushed off you know, or deadline to July or whatever, June 15th, which we're now trying to position for, but April 15th, there's t- typically selling, right? Tax harvesting the gains.
1: There's mm-hmm. also
0: um, Biden through all kinds of channels talking about increasing, um, you know, doing a tax hike, hike biggest one since I forget 1933 something something big something hasn't been done for a long time plus corporate taxes which will get passed on to the you know consumer as well so there are I think some reasons to slow down the momentum um, but nothing policy dictates the economy but nothing has been um, formulated let alone passed but even the rumors of that I think will also uh, slow down some of this run. But yeah, so far, I'm just looking for a bond bounce and VIX to tag that 1821 magic level. Um, SLR is also something they're looking for, the extension uh, for the bank reserves. And if that doesn't happen, oh no, there'd be a lot of treasury selling. But like I said, my um, my source said that's not likely. Really, really, really not likely. Hey, yeah, Brian. I agree with that. I agree and with that. And my only, my strongest point about the, the strength in the dollar has to do with a comment that I grabbed, which I love from BBG. Treasuries may pass the baton to dollar in inflation battle. And that's what I think we have right now. That rate of change in the yields, the expectations for inflation, the uh, you know, potential for runaway gas and oil higher and commodities, which we've already seen that to me is an inflation battle that the Fed will have to somehow, you know, deal with. And I think if history is a guide, they're going to let the dollar strengthen. I really, really do. So I'm totally still, agree
1: with you. Yeah. I'm
0: totally bullish on rising dollar with yields, but not as fast. I think the dollar will now pick up for the, the increase that's happened with yields. I think that's going to be a stronger um, move as a as a vehicle to fight inflation.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I totally agree.
0: But I think we're gonna get a bounce in bonds, which is really, really, that sounds illogical, but that's what it looks like to me. Well, you
1: could just say that the bounce in bonds, you know, we're we're at a point where, you know, just genuine kind of market structure could take hold, right? Like we're, it's at a level where buyers step in, institutional size, um, we're at major support levels, for a lot of it, I looked at it before we jumped on, just, you know, so the intermediate to long-term stuff, this is a level that's like, kind of take a stab at it level. Um, Maybe something changes, maybe something sticks. So you talk about just like looking at it from a market structure flow standpoint, it's a fairly appetizing risk reward here for at least a transactional trade. If not, maybe something changes, right? And you didn't, cause this is not like falling knife stuff. We're kind of dancing around here um, where it's like a market maker's opportunity. So I think that you know, if you if you look at all this as as rotational flows, right, um, and us putting uh, money in and pulling money out as a, as a as a as a group, then this makes sense too. Like this this uh, this makes sense to take a stab at a trade, which could be you know the the whole macro theme doesn't change, nothing to, truly changes, but it's reflexive, right, yeah. and it's just it's just institutional flows, especially also- as, especially as you head into a new quarter. You're looking for what's cheap right yeah. and you're looking to dump what's what's profitable and rotate um and but this and- is
0: also in support of that treasuries uh the, the futures saw record increase in net speculative short positions last week this was the short sale that i'm referring to that seems way too crowded like talk about you know an outlier waiting to revert at least to me this is another support for a bounce higher in in the bond trade although i don't see it yet like i see no confirmation of it whatsoever
1: yeah i think you would until next week right options right got to finish everything pins then i'm going to rotate so i'm going to rotate because it's quad which right so this is the fourth this is the end of the quarter you know you got the options you got vix you got everything uh, all, all Friday, you know, between now and Friday.
0: Speaking so Vix, though, there's a question you can answer. I hope, um, do you have a view on AM expiration for VIX tomorrow? There are a lot of puts wonder if they finish in the money.
1: Uh, could be like, there was a pretty, you know, gross, uh, move today. I mean, the last couple of days we got all bar stuff like internally, like the, the, you know, alerts that we built for volatility, um, like called the, you know, suck out, free falling, things like that. We got those earlier the, this week and it's been pretty true to form. So I think that could, you know, that could very well happen tomorrow, okay. right? I, I don't, if you don't, you look at the term structure, you don't see anything. Um, and that term structure that gives you any, you know, there's zero, there's zero fear. And I'm not seeing a lot of index, you know, index puts in that. And I will say, that the call structure has changed for the single stocks that has tapered off.
0: How so- um, okay. And so, and so that- it's
1: not nearly, nearly as eye watering as it was The So just single stock call buying has not gotten back to what I would call like, you know, parity, like it's not near one, right. Anything like that, but we're regularly up in the, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 put call ratios now. Um, so th- things are leveling off. So I, I think I think you're seeing kind of like what's what I would call the tail end of the trades here uh, overall, right? Like you know, yeah, VIX is gonna die. It's gonna go to zero, right? Like I don't, you know, we're we're all talking about like new paradigm stuff uh, at this point. So I would be on the lookout for your reaction after OPEX, right, Um, where you do get a bounce in VIX for any specific reason to what that retrace looks like, Um, what that, so you do get a bounce, you do get these inflection points you're looking at, what was a retrace of that look like, and do we begin to shift? right? It's not the first move. One move doesn't stick. It's the second move that sticks. If there is a change, um, which would be interesting that, that would be in April. And, um, that would kind of jive with the kind of the bigger picture. So I, I think that stuff ends up in the money tomorrow, um, unless yeah. something dramatically changes overnight. I mean, and if something yeah. changes over overnight, then you're talking about like, you know, a one-off deal. You see this positioning change, um, you know, you, you do surface see this underneath, right? And you've talked about this at length many times. You begin to see some positional change. Um, your 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 portfolio hedger is built on that positional change, and we're not seeing any of that right now. So, is you know these these plots and you know, yeah, go ahead and say what you're going to say with this. I'll I'll leave that be.
0: No, no, no. I was just putting this in the background while you're talking because um, we don't. I, I mean, you just answered the question about VIX for tomorrow expiration. But I also grabbed this. The market has no patience for the Fed being patient. <laughs> I don't know if the, uh, the market seems to be doing fine digesting higher yields. But if Chair Jerome Powell on Wednesday pushes back on the current pricing, the markets will likely think he is in denial and therefore accelerate the timing and the magnitude of the Fed's first rate increase. That's the risk that right now, lack of response. You and I are in agreement they're not going to change anything. They're not going to do it, SLR probably gets extended, you know, although that is a risk if they don't. Um, yield, yield curve control, no, it's way too early and it would require, it would involve the unintended consequences that you talked about last time in sucking liquidity out of the market. So that's not a good solution for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't gotten, obviously, high enough to break the market, right? ARC is still standing. So anyway, that's that's um, the possibility that by not saying anything they say something the only thing i was
1: and i, I don't yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you 100 like I, I i hear what she's saying right but it, it's like you know there's just that that's not the reaction like that it's a bluff right it's like you know the 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 real sizable players are like okay you're not gonna do anything Right, like <laughs> that, players just, already
0: know. Not, you're not going to
1: do anything. Like you could, you may even is, say something. you ain't going to do anything.
0: This is right? a powerful survey, though. I really, again, I'm, I've been on this for like what seven months now. this September fourth was my um, growth value rotation thesis. I really thought it was the top of the mountain. It was going to start going down, and it didn't actually pick up speed until January. Solidly in play November. You know, th- this I understand, you know, the, the Pfizer vaccine, the blue wave, but it really accelerated in January. And now what do you have? What do you consider the biggest tail risk? Higher than expected inflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this yeah. this then a tantrum in the bond market. But what I was actually wanting to show was technically, because y- you know, you and I are still technical analysts. We like to use the macro as a backdrop and on you know, sentiment like the survey. Um, but right now, and this was done on the 12th, but still we're right here. So this yield curve, and I'm talking about from the very shortest to the longest duration is just approaching a resistance level. And for me, this is where it gets interesting. And I've also done this on the, the two and 10, but the point is once it gets above, that's when volatility starts to come in strongly. So I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to see where we're going to go from here, but you know how we've had a V-shaped recovery in stocks. Well, we've we've had the same thing here in a steepener of the yield curve, mm-hmm. and once it gets above, that's where things start to kind of get a little a little eventful. But for the most part, um, we're just we're doing pretty well in regards to digesting these yields, and we've had currency, I think, hedged as a result. And now it looks like they want to bring up some, uh, th- I mean, let the dollar rise a little bit. Um, I can't show this so well, so I won't, but yeah, these are some charts. Yeah, never mind. Um, so in, in regards to, I was going to show it, but it doesn't pop out very nicely. It was a dollar with CPI and, you know, we're still very short, speculative net short the dollar. So this is another thing where I think if this starts to cover and move higher, which firmly looks. In play to me, then I think it's going to pick up speed um,
1: because we're well, covering. You know, it's interesting. Like I was thinking, I get my hair it, right. it, it, we were. <laughs> I was having the short sale conversation this weekend because I like to check in every once in a while, see how that's going. Like if guys have any appetite, and then at the same time we were talking about like uh, UBI, right, MMT, mm-hmm. um, because if you let run, if you let inflation run hot and um, you know you get five dollar gas and that affects into the rest of the commodities commodities affect you know ag and ag affects groceries and all this kind of stuff you know you get it you're gonna have to continue to provide stimulus and so i said throughout to a couple of different people you know a stimulus done is this it are we going to see more stimulus is that the reaction from policymakers that um kind of fed and treasury in conjunction because those you know the fed jury which i you know coined i take the credit for that last year right cool. the Fedri, when they married right so
0: okay
1: yeah, yeah so the Fedury. so now officially married because you got yelling running uh running very down. much so um so so when you look at that as kind of a a, a collaborative effort then do, are they going to throw you know they, would they prefer inflation and just you know talk it this side of it we don't see it let it happen. And then every time it gets like uncomfortable to an extent, we're going to double drop another $1,500. dollars um, done drop another thousand dollars. Like, is that something that's very feasible? I, I think it is. Like I think if you don't count that that would be a reaction that they'll do until they can't do it anymore until something really, really, really breaks um, from what we've seen, then I, I just throw that out there. It's like something that was in conversation this week with some smart people because, it's a path of least resistance until it some formally breaks. And if you look at like maybe I can neutralize emerging markets through the the dollar, right, and some of uh, the inner workings that can be played along with that to try and stifle kind of uh, you know the exportation of that uh, inflation. So I, I think you know it's it's I, I'm very curious to see what transpires when you got five dollar gas, right, six dollar gas, because um, it's coming. And then what? Right. And, you know, because the Fed has to raise rates that would change. You know, that's going to be a totally different deal than them. They're they're reactionary, 100 percent reactionary. So I'm of the mind that, you know, I've watched this for a year now with them and everything that they've done as a unit since since they both went fiscal and they went monetary at the same time. Right. Since that has happened, you know, you got to expect. What is the path of least resistance and that is what they're going to do and kind of let that go from there now it doesn't mean it'll last forever it just means that it will be until something forces them to do something that then forces those people we talked about at the table to actually you know somebody's got to go down right it's either the pensions and corporates or it's you know the the next generation right like and and we'll see now, I still don't think we're there yet, but we're we're going to be approaching it soon because you can't you can't uh, put, put you know what are we at fifteen trillion right now something like that into the system and not have some significant inflation. Right?
0: So th- this is th- why the survey ranks so hot, right? So this is another thing that is supportive of this inflation move. Um, hold on, let me bring this up this back, I've shown this since December, but this is basically that yield curve I was just talking about, um, the two and 10. So you can see where we kind of intonated, okay, we're getting above and we're starting to steepen. Well, guess where we are now? Right here, this yellow arrow. And guess where we were pre-COVID, here. I still think that's where we're going. So even if we digest this big move, right, from, and this is by the way, the, the two year, Bond, But still, this is the yield curve has traveled all the way up to one, almost 1.6 today. So this is your commodity, your cyclical, your energy, your value, your, you know, reopening trade right here in one chart. And now here we are. And it sounds like the Fed isn't going to do anything tomorrow. It sounds like they were okay with higher inflation because they wrote it into the script on the 27th. And it definitely sounds like they were okay when they came out and were talking a week, um, uh, two weeks ago. So as this moves higher, we're going to get that higher gas, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have the, the inflation. And it's interesting because um, you were just talking about, you know, kind of the, 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 the passive stuff. And I saw this today, which was um, Bridgewater's Prince. I know he did, actually did it a few days ago, but warns on risky assets after a bond decline. And talks about this, you know, the, the the portfolio construction, the weighting, the passive investing. Passive investing is very dangerous right now. And you know, Professor Plum, who's on Real Vision all the time, Michael Green, he's talking about and reminding um, they have been massive net sellers despite assets under management rising. And why due to valuation increases? So, but still, this comment and his facts that are supporting that rotation, if you will, um, the boomers are selling, the millennials are buying, but it's still net selling. The reason why it's going, we, but, but it's obviously rising due to valuation increases, right? The market, but that's, that's deceiving. It's very deceiving. So I kind of put that together, what he said on top of what Prince said, it still feels like there is a, an air pocket of risk anytime with ARK. Their their investment scheme, not in scheme. I'm not saying I don't want to discredit. You know,
1: it's a program. Yeah, it's just the way they operate. Right? Exactly. Yes.
0: So w- whether it's the weighting or or their their balance, if you will, of uh, you know adding all this um, heavy concentration and this and a whole bunch of illiquid plays at the same time, that just seems to be a little problematic for um, stability. That's all. I'm just I'm with a rising dollar and rising yields and I, rising I, I oil.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I also think if we're talking bonds, maybe we talk a little corporate. Um, you know, LQD, right? Uh, BKLN, HYG, K, mm-hmm. you know, those, those play such a part of portfolio construction from the FA world. Um, and those were really, you know, MUB, like the Muni stuff, a lot of Muni stuff. These things were like vaporized last year. And you know, they the still Fed, look
0: like weak sauce to me, they look terrible on a it you know, look terrible.
1: You know, like these no. things are being propped. I don't know if, if somebody had the last statistic of the Fed's ownership of uh, these, that would be fantastic to see. Okay, I, don't, I know that I, don't have I know, hand, but yeah, I know like Fed they, has
0: like 60% of the tips market,
1: yeah. And like, you know, I know like um JK and HYG, like, I want to say they're the largest holders, right. This is a big piece to me like LQD's weakness is is interesting cuz LQD's in that basket but LQD's down 7% last few weeks um, and so you know these corporates and the pensions and that you know the, the, that bond structure seems to be more concerning to the Fed than the government bond structure right they don't care and because you know they just shift shape yeah you know, they reshape that kind of play using your dollar right mm-hmm. dollar piece so when I when I look at these I think it's important to continue to monitor what happens with the corporates because that's the real to me would show any type of sign of weakness I always look at the junk of the junk especially BKLN then those types of products that are wrapping up that really um, kind of real high yield stuff that's very very dicey um, I have a I, highly liquid stuff that that paper is like really important to me you know in the bond conversation too and and so i i look at the fed to be more reactive to those things than even to the for what it's worth than to the government paper um
0: so i have i have a, just a comment on that and i don't even have uh, it fully fleshed out in my in my head but um i had made a comment about higher oil and Robert, who I had on my you know hmm. interviewed last Thursday. So. yeah, a lot of that and, is in
1: those. yeah, but
0: there it, but there isn't this speculative net long positioning in oil. There should be more sign of it. And I had a comment um from a colleague who said, banks lost a hundred billion dollars on their investments in the oil and gas patch in the past decade. Two years, remember two thousand and fourteen through two thousand and sixteen. 66 billion dollars worth of bankruptcy Mm -hmm. so they're not really in a hurry to run back in especially with this you know esg conversion and all that stuff but the point is they are gun shy i think that's one of the reasons why there hasn't been this you know intense um for for robert anyway the signs of strength in positioning in oil after a decade of massive, massive drawdowns. So that's my rationale for it. Mm. And then when you say, you know, the, the corporate um, junk bonds and, and high yield, um, you know, ETFs that we definitely follow and are, you know, you and I can both see, they are weak. They are weak, weak, weak. So that's also a lot of those zombies that have been brought oh. up by the Fed.
1: Yeah. You know, the, yeah, the interesting thing is this stuff is all is Oil all and gas uh, zombies
0: specifically
1: yeah but yeah. you know they're 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 slowly they're they're propping them till they get their feet like you know amlp you know master limit mm-hmm. partnership for piping and so forth yep. um that stuff's up 175 percent um from the lows back almost to the gap fill it's almost like we're rotating everything and get everything back to gap yeah. fill and then maybe they take the training wheels back off or they don't but I, you know, I, I don't, the, the underlying of all this stuff uh, and not to go like super macro is it's super K, super K recovery, right? Like uh, stuff got a lot better, anything that was supportive and has run away, but then the underside of, of everything else has been just depleted, right? Like, um, and so when you look at like how that shakes out with inflation, and then you look at what they have to do to prop up bonds in the corporate environment, and then how those bonds are directly correlated to the pensions and to the, um, not the pensions necessarily, like, but uh, or not so pensions, but then also like RIA stuff, like IRAs and so forth. Like th- these are major vehicles that are utilized and all that. I, I wonder with all the zombies and all that, like, it just seems like that they really care about that a lot. And no matter what they have to do, they, they will keep that stuff alive because of the not even if it's even if there's no one there it's like one of those CCP companies that was traded on the exchange years ago you know before they started cleaning that stuff out which was what SPACs were really used for like seven, eight years ago that, um, quote, the Raven used to do all the research for where the companies were reverse merging because they existed in China. Nothing actually existed. They were just buying paper and like, you know, creating shell companies. Effectively, a lot of this stuff has <laughs> ended up being the same thing. So we're doing the same thing and then supporting it simply because it supports, you know, a, a pension program or something else. So when they do
0: NFTs, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so like, you know, it's, it's all, it's all, there's a lot of hollow, nature to, to the infrastructure in general, which goes to your comment about ARC um, or any one of these type of vehicles that is, is heavy. They can trigger some market instability. Those may become important, as well as these corporate bonds, like um, to keep your eye on in the next couple of months, because um, once they once these things get to a level like the airlines, have, they, they, they help support those back to a level state in their perspective. These oil and gas companies have been supported back to a level state in their perspective of market structure. We've sucked out volatility um, best they can do. So that's that's my two cents on on something I'm looking for is what happens to the corporate bond market and with it, with it relates to inflation. And then, you know, that takes us all the way back to that table where somebody's got to pay the piper. Is it the pensions and the corporates or is it the the future generations, right, that are just going to deal with it? And I directly think that's kind of one of the great equation pieces for the market here, right? Um, that it could be closer than not looking at that, that rate, you know, one uh, you showed a second ago with the with the breakout, right? Where you've seen it, you know, steepener, where it's very close. I mean, it could be a month yeah. or so, but, you know, there, we don't, no one knows at this point, right? Like uh, the, a specific moment, but there are some, there's, we've talked about the free advice, like just jumped on. And, I, and I'll run with this for a second. With the option market the way it is, and it's overwhelming the securities market, you can have a situation where you get something triggered, right? Institutional uh, flip right, where they'll flip and that gamma flips and short sellers get nuked. So all you have to have to turn this cycle is short sellers nuked, which then triggers institutions, which then triggers the gamma, right, and it flips. And, Mm -hmm. you know, since so many people are sitting on that short ball trade, to the point of the question earlier, will those puts end up in the money tomorrow? Well, that's the expectation everybody has. So any of these like kind of outlier, like heavyweight market player Uh, market structure players like arc who's the size of vanguard or any of these like any of these these uh, um, kind of runaway stocks the momo stocks any of these can trigger some sort of some break apart Um, but the key for me is watching the bonds the corporate bonds right and seeing how that shakes out as it relates to the pensions and what can they control it as it relates to inflation so
0: in a nutshell and um, uh, someone asked in chat, what is this SLR business? And there's an excellent article on SLR to extend or not to extend, but it's written to, first of all, give an overview of what this even is. And it's, I'm not going to go over it in detail. I'm just going to reference it because it's such a good one. Um, and it's definitely impactful to the plumbing. Mm-hmm. So this is an article if you want to understand a little bit more about the bank leverage exposure why it's important there was a recent run by on primary bank on dealers if you will um and this will kind of go through and talk about this really in some cases a lot of detail but i think the bigger issue is their motivation they are incentivized not to allow for negative rates so that's very supportive of risk assets in other words there's lots of money in the system they don't want to go negative so this being extended is very, very likely, um, but it does give non-renewal implications, how do banks you know, deal with it? Again, large banks are a lot better off than, than smaller banks, um, but as it relates to the plumbing, definitely not a retail subject that I could ever teach about um, because it has to do with you know primary dealers and behind shadow banking.
1: <laughs> if, if you if you start digging into that, you know anybody that starts reading into that, you could very really go down tier one capital, right? Um, and how that's how that shakes out, and what is considered tier one capital, et cetera, because that directly plays into the dollar conversation, the Bitcoin conversation, the gold uh, yes, conversation, yes. right? All based on the dollar. Right. And so, you know, this is like actually a fantastic thing to explore if you want to um, fully understand, like kind of how banks are structured and how some yep. of that stuff you hear.
0: They have to do is, this. It's not is, it's, they yeah. don't want
1: to. <laughs> yeah, it's to, you know, some of the stuff that you'll hear people argue about certain things about gold or about Bitcoin is just total and utter nonsense when you really understand how banks are capitalized and how this is structured. Right, because we do live in a debt-based structure where you know tier one capital allows for that one to ten ratio to go, which is why derivatives, you know, come into the fold and why we continue to expand um, basically way more than we actually have on any type of underlying. So um, that's for what it's worth on, on that. I think that's a great article and a great topic, and definitely dig into what tier one capital is.
0: But it it definitely feels like they're going to. Uh, stay or sway away from, um, uh, you know, not uh, sorry, from yield curve control talk or calendar guidance, maybe. But I, I just the SLR was a a really big concern. Um, Zero Hedge highlighted it, and a few others. And then I was told, don't worry about it. Um, but I'm looking for a narrative to fit my next tag of my stock bond volatility ratio, which has tagged again. So every time it tags, there's a volatility tr- trigger, and it could yeah. be small it could be large but there's always a volatility trigger so yep. I'm really fascinated um, what it's going to be and right now I'm just want to get through this week
1: <laughs> yeah Opex yeah so, so so the question is if Powell says informs nothing new, continuing same monthly level of QE how would the market take that um, lots of tweets about more ver what what do audience what, what do institutions expect um, so do, we kind of touched on that earlier, but most of the institutions don't believe that they're going to do anything ever. (laughs) They're kind of cornered, right? And so, you know, even if he says something, I wouldn't, you know, just, you got to kind of think through it from a game theory perspective. Is he going to go up there and he's going to say something that's going to trigger stuff like SLR or force himself into YCC? No. Historically, most every one of the, like, if you backtested all of their stuff, they never like proactive, not since Volcker, right? And, and, you know, raising rates to curb inflation. Ever since then, it has always been, yeah, we'll just let it go until it breaks. And then we will, you know, deal with the volatility at that time, neutralize the volatility and get liquidity flowing again. That is the game plan. That's That's the MO. There's no other, there's no other plan.
0: Intervention. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Intervention, not prevention. Right. And so expecting something to take place like that would be, you know, kind of bad, bad game theory. Right. Um, So the institutions will side with.
0: And yet I have my volatility trigger ready to go again. Yeah, I I mean,
1: I think I think it's got to be a
0: narrative. I just haven't found it exactly. Doing
1: nothing, doing nothing. Right. Is what he would do because he doesn't have to do anything right here. That doesn't mean you won't get bond. Buy- so you get a bond buying tomorrow, right? Because it's just an institutional trade at this point. It's just good risk reward. You could have like a dollar kind of action because we're inside micro moves now, right? We're yes. we're inside some tradable moves, which would cause some reflexivity just since you're positioning and then options roll off. You also and have- rolled. Sit- yeah. Well, look at look at the two, look at two. You had the futures. I said last week. Um, futures rolled. This you know, everybody's out of the everybody's out of the March contract, everybody's into the June contract now. So now you can have some action in the futures contracts, futures drive the derivative vehicle. So if you like all direction on vehicles, all those TQQQ, all that stuff that you trade, you know, that hot sauce stuff, that stuff's all driven by those futures contracts, that stuff rolls, then it loosens up again. So now you get some action, right? So yeah. uh, this yeah. options comes off. So it could just simply be, you know, uh, reflexivity to, you know, repositioning. That then, where does that settle, right? I, I would like to see it happen, and then see how it settles, and see what the term structure starts to look like in VIX. That's what I would tell you. What I would, I would say about watching Powell is like paint dry. I actually stopped watching it because I always fell asleep now at the theme music that comes on at the beginning. They put on like the chill lounge music. Feel like I'm in Miami Club. So I like I fall gold. asleep by the time that it. Goes I just down.
0: watch gold. <laughs>
1: because there always so. seems
0: to know what's coming when it comes to fed day.
1: Yeah, yeah. He see the most animated I've seen Powell in the last 2 years was the GameStop questions. He did <laughs> not he was really pissed off that he was having to answer questions about GameStop. So, you know, that was entertaining, but I would expect nothing tomorrow.
0: All right. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there, and then we'll pick up next Tuesday and find out if we need to find a new narrative because we will have a new "quote unquote" month, meaning quad yep. reaching is over. over. Yep. Volatility Absolutely. will have let's let's say a reason to rise according to my stock bond volatility ratio. But we need a narrative. If you've got one, send it to me right now. I I, I can't just say valuations. <laughs> it's yep. just not going to be um, strong enough, and. Okay, we got, I haven't looked at the market since um, 2.30, so we'll, we'll go in and take a look. But I thank you so much. Real quick, I wanted to just remind you where this goes, a little housekeeping um, after the fact. And it will be here, Leduc Trading Channel, and it'll be right underneath macro to micro power hours. So this is my last week uh, interview with um, Bob McMahon, the oil trader who said it, it, it a lot of, that was very easy from november you know until $65 now it's going to be the chop either before the drop or we're going to shoot higher but right now this is a, this is a tough oil trade and this is big tech home of and you got a you got to go cuz i know you got meetings and this is very exciting you got some uh want to give announcement though at least what's happening in Yeah uh, we got
1: we got a new, um, you got a whole new site. you get a whole new launch. of so the, the web app is in process right now. You're starting to see some features of that. You've got a whole new mobile app getting launched. And then, um, you know, you've got Samantha's Indicators, which are in beta, which will be final launched in, you know, uh, the end of the month, uh, March. So like it, you know, look out for a uh, uh, major options, um, products coming to the market here Yeehaw. from us
0: um, Can't
1: wait. that are, that are, you um, that are powered, that are, that are, that are, I would call supercharged. We've talked about options stuff, uh, you and I've talked about it since we started doing the show, it's how we met, yep. um, talking about these things and, um, our belief is that options is such an important part of the market that this goes past, um, you know, some of the stuff that we, have that you typically have seen, we're taking it further, um, Can't across wait. the board. So we're hoping to, uh, Knowledge
0: is power.
1: yep yeah we're, we're rolling that out to everybody uh you know first week of april so i'll uh, awesome. look for all that and all right. um that's it that's all i got
0: thank you so so much for attending and i'll post this on my youtube channel uh good luck with your meetings
1: thank jonathan
0: you. and uh see you back here next tuesday
1: thank you everybody appreciate Cheers. it Cheers. Night bye
0: night.